This is Onis on Opas, a fan podcast where we talk about our favorite things about Korean dramas, most especially our K-drama boyfriends, aka Opas. And we are your metaphorical big sisters, aka Onis. I'm Susie. And I am Lynn. Susie, what have you been watching since the last time we spoke? Uh, goodness. When was the last time we spoke? <laughs> well, was I mean, it? like right before we hit record. But that doesn't count. Um, well, it's been it's been about a week since yes. we recorded the mm-hmm. last episode. So, right. what have you been watching since the last time we recorded? Right. So, I had those four first dates with those shows. Um, right. And. So the one I just like trucked through, there's no other real word for it. I mean, I binged basically. Yeah. Is She Was Pretty, which is the one mm-hmm. I was sort of apprehensive about because, like I said in my lengthy review of the <laughs> first episode, <laughs> um, the main character, played by Park So Jun, our beloved is was just uh not a really nice guy you know yeah, it was pretty terrible you know but there is like a dichotomy there because he's not a jerk outside of work most of the time but then his treatment of the female lead uh it was just like to me like overboard just too much too yeah. cruel you know too unnecessary um, yeah. All that stuff. So I was really curious how they're going to like resolve this because I'm sorry. Clearly they are going to get together. This is not a spoiler right. if you have watched any number of Korean right. dramas. Okay. Um, I mean, that's the whole reason why you're watching is because yeah. you know they're going to get together. Yeah. So And so um, I think I would say this. His character does grow. So there is mm-hmm. real growth in him realizing how he comes off as and how he's behaving and it's maybe not always the best way to Mm -hmm. handle things and you know people telling him that and him sort of like there's a lot of not self-awareness that Mm -hmm. that we didn't realize he was not having so one of the really like funny things about him is he is very focused so once he's reading something which he is often reading something off an iPad or whatever while he's walking mm-hmm. around. He has no surrounding awareness. So he is like gotcha. bumping into glass doors <laughs> and, and trying to go through like the gates where you like have to tap your ID and not realizing mm-hmm. that he's not tapping his ID. And so he can't go through and like falling off and like it's ridiculous. But then you're just like, oh. You are just, you don't know this about yourself. And right. Yeah. Yeah. He he went to this coffee shop every day and the barista had to always say how, you know, you get a little pager and it goes off and he never realized it's going off because he's so focused. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the barista has to always come over to him and then like tap the table like a few times to get his attention because he's still not hearing when people are talking to him while he's reading. And this right. is something that plays in, you know, in a scene and like a like a little arc with the female female lead. And it makes him realize that like what? Mm. But this barista after like maybe the second, third time, she's like, oh, now I get it. Like you are so focused mm-hmm. in your reading. Like I get the drill now, you know, like this is why you're not oh, yeah. just ignoring me. You just... Right. This is like what happens to your brain. You know, this is something you right, can't right. super control if you didn't know it was happening. And so mm-hmm. anyway, so stuff like that happens gradually and people are like telling him, hey, you know, you might think this was like the best way to handle something because you are the boss or whatever. But to us, that is not the best way. And he's like, you know, and so he does like apologize to people. However... Mm. However, 
I don't feel like he did enough of that with the female lead. Like that is yeah a little hole that holds it back from being a really great show. Like yeah, I gave it an eight out of ten. Um, mm-hmm. but it could have been like a nine and a half out of ten. <laughs> you know, if really? not because of that, because it's really like it had, I thought, really three dimensional, not too caricature characters in a show that is like very formulaic i mean you know Mm -hmm. the drill but the second leads also i thought was like realistically sort of portrayed especially her friend who you know ends up pretending to be her um Mm -hmm. at her behest right she asked her to do it and it was supposed to be a one-time thing and through hijinks it was not a one-time thing (laughs) and of course she falls for him because he was at the right place at the right time for her you know Mm -hmm. but I thought her just like journey with that whole thing I thought was Mm -hmm. dealt with realistically and it didn't destroy their friendship which I thought like yeah because there's like more important things sometimes and you have to like hear out your friends to see like why they did whatever they did um yeah. and then the second lead, oh the second male lead. <laughs> like I said before, I wouldn't be mad if they just did that, right? The right, right. main female lead with the second lead. But in this show, <laughs> the things this man did for love. <laughs> Is more than Park So Jin did for love, okay? Like, okay, <laughs> just, okay. you know, I just, uh, your heart wants your wants what your heart wants, but this Opa did the most. And I just applaud him. I thought yeah. he was a very gracious loser in this race, <laughs> in this competition. <laughs> And he had, like, such a fun, quirky personality and, like, great banter with her. And just, they had, like, a really fun relationship, I thought. Mm -hmm. And I just really liked that a lot. So, I don't know. I thought it was real cute, you know. In essence, it was real cute. The story was good. I just had, like, that little piece of it that didn't make sense to me. And, but he did, like, have a good growth throughout and... You know, but I compared to the second lead, I feel like he had heavy on nostalgia, right? Like heavy on we were memories on memories and right, right, we right, were great right. friends when we were little. And, you know, she did way more for him. Mm. <laughs> way more for him. <laughs> way more. <laughs> you know, so I just felt like, do you deserve this? Right. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you deserve mm-hmm. this? Mm, question mark. Yeah. But I do. I mean, I still recommend. I still recommend. Try it out. He's not awful for too long. Um. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so much better than what I was expecting. Me honestly. too. Me too. Totally. Like, I was like, oh, am I going to have DNF this? I don't know. But I oh, gosh, actually. so p- painful. D- DNF. DNF Park Soja. Yeah. What? But. I end up just could not get enough. Like, I just could not stop watching and finished it in, like, maybe three days. I know. I was shocked when I saw (laughs) that you had finished it. Like, what? Yeah. There were some some late nights and some, like, oop, it's five. Let me jump off and, like, go watch this show now. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. All right. I mean, that seems like a very... Strong endorsement. I might, yeah. I don't know. I might have to give it a, a look see with the, you know, knowing caveat that mm-hmm. he's just trash at the beginning. Yes. Like, and it's like even just half trash. You know, it's not even like full <laughs> trash, you know? Like, yeah, he's yeah. not naturally terrible to people, but he just like right, had right. a bee in his bonnet about her for one, but also as a, a boss who had also like a real goal in mind he was trying to like yeah. motivate people right, right. in the wrong way but <laughs> right, right. you know also maybe not the most 
sort of socially aware person, as you were pointing yeah. out. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. So Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and connected to today, her mom mm. is played by Lee Il-Hua. <gasps> is her mom. I saw that. I saw that. And she I is was, so cute in this show. Her mom is so cute. Uh, her parents have a very cute relationship, which I really enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah. Real good. I mean, you'll be real annoyed at her sister because, of course, she's like a little bit of a bratty teenager. Like, yeah. not even teenager. She's like a preteen. <laughs> she's oh. She might be like 13 or 14 or something. Like the worst yeah, age, yeah. right? So, but there, that's what I finished. And I think mm-hmm. I watched a couple of more episodes of um, Backstreet Rookie. And that definitely mm. is going to be on my back burner. Like it's, uh, I, it's not, it's just like meh. There's not a lot yeah. there in terms of story. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be another one that I'm just going to be like, I'll probably watch whenever one episode yeah, here, yeah. one episode there. So it's not going to be a priority in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. So, that's good to have a mixture. Yeah. So that's where I am. I haven't really picked up anything new to watch. I'm um, just giving myself a little break to yeah um, read a little stuff. So, mm. but I'll probably continue with like um, where while you were sleeping or something because that one mm. seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I watched that one in like three days. <laughs> I loved that one. I was real, real into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, since the last time we recorded, watched all of one of the most intriguing titles of a show that I have encountered. <laughs> How are you bred? <laughs> oh, goodness. How are because you bred? I, <laughs> right. Because I was because of Lisa Young, mm-hmm. mostly. Um, but also because I was so intrigued by the title, like what? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So here's the deal with the title. It should be better communicated in English, in my opinion, with quotation marks. Because uh-huh. I was I was reading the title and in my brain interpreting it as. How does it happen to be that you happen to be bred? <laughs> like, like we get in, in a, on a call and somehow magically Susie's, you know, legs and arms have become baguettes and her face is like, a, <laughs> I don't know, a cinnamon roll. And I, we get on the call and I say, Susie, how are you bred? Like the, <laughs> I see. So it's like, how have you become bred? Like, how are you, how have you become bred? bred? How are you bred? Exactly. That's, that's how I, I mean, it sounds ridiculous now that I'm explaining it out loud, but that's how I was understanding it every time I saw that title. But what it should be is, how are you bred? Like, how are you in quotes? Like the the kind, the bread of the day at this bakery is how are you bred? Ah. So that, that's what that means. <laughs> okay. How are you bred? I mean, it, exactly what it means beyond that i can't totally i mean it's it's a whole thing with the like special thing of the day that he makes at the bakery also i feel like this is um a good thing to explain in case you haven't uh watched a lot of korean dramas or gone to a korean bakery like any baked goods are referred to as bread well as bang as Mm -hmm. bread Mm -hmm. in korean because most of the things that he makes in this show at his bakery, mm-hmm. we would not in English call bread. Right. You know, they're like sweets and pastries. Pastries, and stuff. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that falls under the heading of bread in Korean. Okay, so it's only five episodes, and mm-hmm. they're real short. They're, like, less than an hour each. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it was originally a web series. Mm-hmm. My, I guess it, it was a Vicky original, now that I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first episode is real cute. I liked the first episode mm-hmm. a lot. And then 
it was a good thing it was only five episodes oh. because <laughs> like I almost did a DNF on five episodes and I was like, well, that's pitiful. How, you know, I can't like not finish, especially with, with Lisa Young and the male lead whose name I didn't write down, of course, and I don't remember. He's another like idol guy. They were both terrific. It has a handful of other friends in it, familiar faces, all of whose performances were good. But the, I mean, it was just kind of a hot mess. Mm -hmm. Like, they tried to put way too many plot lines into this, like, condensed format. I thought at first it was just going to be, like, mostly focused on two storylines because mm -hmm. there's like she's a she's a writer for a tv show for like a, a variety shows mm -hmm. and she's trying to cast him for this like baking competition mm -hmm. variety show and he doesn't want to do it and so i thought that it was going to be like the plot line of the baking variety show and the plot line of their romance um and then also his backstory is that his father is this like most renowned rice cake maker in Korea. Mm. And he has essentially disowned his son for like baking Western baked goods for like betraying his heritage oh. is sort of how the how the father sees it right so there's this huge rift so i thought it was going to be about those three things mm -hmm. basically which i feel like for five that's a lot kind of 50 minute episodes yeah. would be plenty yeah right yeah there's so much more than that there's the whole <laughs> oh, there's a character who's like a supernatural being he's like the police officer of fate i don't know i mean and that's one of the things that i had a big problem with is they never like he's there and he's doing things but they don't ever really explain exactly what his deal is hmm. and then there's this whole like corporate revenge plot and the the one character is just like acted so over the top that it's like ridiculous it's just not in the same show as the other characters it feels <laughs> like like very um anyway it was a really big disappointment i mean lisa young is still adorable mm. the main couple i still really liked the ending <laughs> i mean i didn't love it but i didn't hate it as much as i could have but overall, I mean, I just thought the show was kind of a mess. So mm. it's only five episodes, but I would, I cannot in good conscience recommend it, <laughs> sadly. Mm. So that's, that is what I watched this week. Mm -hmm. um, but then I also watched the movie that we are going to discuss because friends it is Ani's movie night <laughs> get your snacks get your snacks we're about yes. to talk about a movie <laughs> and you know there's probably going to be spoilers just to let you know we'll yeah try I, but i feel like certainly. with movies it's a bit harder to not spoil things but be aware so the the movie that we're going to talk about is 2019's homme fatale i don't really speak french me neither but that uh, sounds correct homme fatale okay. like, <laughs> homme fatale, homme fatale. <laughs> Uh, which I don't, I mean, how, we don't really have an, we just say femme fatale in English. Right. So, I mean, homme fatale is the, the male equivalent of that. Yeah. It's like yeah. a, 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 a man who all the ladies love. <laughs> right. So the story is about, uh, Hosek, who is a man who grew up in a gibang, which is a place where you meet gisangs 
and they also lived there usually. Um, so his mother was a Gisang, and so that's where he was raised, and so he learned all the things that Gisangs learned. Um, uh, so he's like very cultured in that way. And, but as he grew up, he, you know, because he is basically lowborn, he can't take, you know, like the state examination to become like a, you know, state employee kind of thing, a government employee. Right. But, you know, you can do other things. You can, to make money, <laughs> to make a living. And he is not doing these things. He is lazing about being... <laughs> Being a, a little bit of a rake, like a baby rake, <laughs> with the other gisangs in in the house, and um, the owner of the gibang, who is his mother's best friend, tries to is exasperated by his idleness <laughs> and throws mm-hmm. him out of the gibang, so he can like stand his own two feet, and you know. And he meets a friend, <laughs> very inexplicably, who is just roaming around, basically <laughs> homeless, and you know, trying and naked, and naked, and naked, <laughs> which was just so inexplicable. But so he, you know, takes him back to the Gibang to try to ingratiate himself back into the good graces of. The owner of the Gibang, and then through this, um, he learns that they are losing money. Like they are, mm-hmm. you know, almost they're like a month out from being thrown out of the place. Like they can't pay their rent or whatever it is. They pay. I can't even like. Yeah. They didn't really explain yeah. what Some, she needs to pay. Yeah. No, it's vague. Yeah. Um. So they need money, but they're not getting enough money, and then one day. Somebody, there's this very peculiar guest that comes and it turns out that he is a woman and he was able to like she did not really like to talk to the other Gisangs there but he knew that he was a she and so he mm-hmm. said why don't you send me in I'll, I'll do it it'll be fine mm-hmm. and she's like what <laughs> so but so he goes, and it was very successful. They spent a lot of money there, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how did you do this? And he said, because he's a she. And she wanted mm-hmm. male companionship, not woman companionship. And so he right. had this business idea where, hey, there's apparently a bunch of women out there who want to do the same as the men, as in come to a place that is you know, outside of their house, kind of safe, and just hang out with some men. Because <laughs> they yeah. can't do it. Be entertained. Be entertained, yeah. Some attractive men. Right. And so they reluctantly did it, but with great results. And so it's the adventures mm-hmm. of Hosek, <laughs> the male Gisang. <laughs> Male Gisang. Yes. The Om Fatal. The Om Fatal. (laughs) Right. And so through this, uh, he meets a young lady, falls in love, but, you know, can't really sort of reveal naturally what he does for a living. (laughs) And so, you know, their, their relationship progresses and, you know, watch to see what happens. But... Um, it's a really sweet romance, you know, it has some social issues that they discuss about how at the time women, you know, if you're a widow, you're expected to just forever be chased (laughs) and not sleep around or remarry or anything. So you go into this place that basically trains you in chastity or righteousness or whatever it is yeah and just you just gotta wait out like if you're real young that's a long time to wait if you're gonna have a long life Mm -hmm. right so Mm -hmm. um a lot of these women frequents uh became customers at the gibang so 
but just talking about how it's so, like so unfair how men can do these things but women can't like men have concubines mm-hmm. they have multiple wives but this one woman after their husband croaks can't <laughs> even like go have fun like that's so unfair so some social yeah. issues like that are are um, addressed and yeah yeah well let me tell you yeah. who's in this movie home fatale um, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of our opas who oh. could have been in this movie, uh, <laughs> but the one that is in this movie and plays Hosek is none other than Lee Jun-ho. Uh, you'll know him from 2PM, from The Red Sleeve, mm-hmm. from rain or shine or just between lovers depending <laughs> on what you want to call that one uh i have also seen good manager which i loved him in mm-hmm. and um he's also in which i don't think either one of us has seen but is intriguing to me walk of love yes uh we do we do love a cooking mm-hmm. related drama so he's our main guy around whom most of the action mm-hmm centers the female leads character is uh hey Wan, mm-hmm. and that's played by jung so min you'll know her from most recently alchemy of souls yes. which Susie and i haven't watched yet but lots of people have watched it and loved it uh Susie and i both first saw her in the variety show little forest oh. which is adorable if you haven't watched oh. it with all the little kids so <laughs> cute um she's also in because this is my first life sound of your heart the smile has left your eyes she's done a lot of things Mm -hmm. for a young person and she's very very charming and likable Mm -hmm. um the head of the gibang the the one who the the auntie who initially throws hosek out on the street is played by yeji wan Mm -hmm. Who I spent the entire movie going, what do I know yes. her from? Yes. She's so familiar. Me too. And then I finally looked it up and I was like, oh, yes, she is the next door salon Ajuma in Dodo Sosovala. So, yes. Which is, I mean, such a charming part of that whole mm-hmm. charming mm-hmm. drama, minus the last two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, She's also in, which I haven't seen either one of these ones, but she's in another Miss O, which I know is a, a well-known drama, and she's in The Producers, mm-hmm. um, as well as other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, our our friend, our naked friend, <laughs> Yukop. Uh, who, I mean, his whole deal, I don't know. Anyway, he's played by Che Guihua. Um, and I recognized him too, and I couldn't figure out what. And I think the only thing that I've seen I've seen him in outside of this, he had a small role in one of the episodes of Missing, and I think that that was what I recognized him from. Oh he's yeah, like the, he's the like really yeah. earnest salesperson. Exactly. Right. Yeah, the mm-hmm. IT salesperson mm-hmm. guy who has it's like in the middle of the series ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also in Train to Busan. Oh. So I'm sure lots of people have seen him in that. Just not me. Don't remember. Zombies aren't my jam. <laughs> uh, and he's in Suits. Okay. Which I have not seen, mm-hmm. but which uh, Park Hyung Shik is in. Yes. So and I, I like him. It is so. on my list. <laughs> yes. It's also on my list, which, you know, that is why. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last sort of main character is Yu Sung, who's mm-hmm. played the actor who plays it is Gong Myung. Mm-hmm. If you watched 20th Century Girl, which just came out recently, you will have seen him in that. He's also in Lovers of the Red Sky and Bride of Habek. Yes, I. Uh, that's where I have not seen those things. <laughs> I have seen yeah. the Bride of Habek. So yes, the whole time I was him, I was like, where is he from? Like, I know him, and he's, because I've yeah. seen him in Bride of Habeck, which, yeah. friends, I do not recommend. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry to Nam Joo Hyuk and Shin Se Kyung, 
both whom I like in other things. Yeah. I just, we will elaborate more. I will elaborate more in a future episode. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. Sorry. mm. I love y'all, but. (laughs) So we will explore that further later. But anyway, yeah. So he was in that who he was like quite good at it. Um, But anyway, that's how I know him from. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then there are also, you know, there are a bunch of other small roles. Mm-hmm. Susie already mentioned Lee Ehua, mm-hmm. who I love her so much. Yes. Um, mostly because she was in Reply 1988, mm-hmm. but also she was in The King's Affection, Her Private Life, Good Manager, and She Was Pretty, which Susie just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim Dong-yeon plays the brother of Hae-won mm-hmm. and he uh, you'll recognize from DP he was also in Run On he's the he's young Wah's friend mm. uh, the one who works at the cafe and is always in a bad mood uh, <laughs> and he was also in Tunnel which I didn't remember oh, him from I Tunnel, didn't either but I have seen mm-hmm. Tunnel yeah um, Jo Yi-hyun it has an important role. She is in All of Us Are Dead, uh, How to Buy a Friend, which I mentioned just because I have seen that one, and Hospital Playlist. And um, the last one that I'm going to mention with a small but important role is John No Min, mm-hmm. who you'll know from Law Cafe that just came out. Mm-hmm. And another show that I'm just obsessed with the title. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's No How Are You Bread, but Bachelor's Vegetable Store. Yes is a title that greatly <laughs> intrigues me. It's a show that came out in 2011 and it's not available for us anywhere. Yeah. It's not, but I mean, yeah. I think it's probably not good, question mark. Um, but it stars Ji Chang-wook and it has Lisa Young in it. Mm-hmm. So, and I just think that that title is so intriguing, Bachelor's Vegetable Store. <laughs> anyway, oh, those are our players. Yeah. And I know... Um, John Nomin from Queen Sunduk, which is a historical mm, yeah. show about Queen Sunduk, <laughs> a real queen in the Sheila dynasty. I guess she was um, mm. the first queen there. Um, anyway, that's how I know him. So all of these, you know, great working actors, everybody is great, all of these friends, but, you know... I mean, most of it is all about Junho. He's in almost every scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is called Om Fatal. So. <laughs> um, so it's billed on uh, on my drama list and I think also on Vicky on the on the sort of blurb of it as a comedy. Mm-hmm. And it is real funny. Yeah. I mean, there I laughed out loud a number of times. Oh, I mean, yes. some of it is real slapsticky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when <laughs> when uh, Hosek first gets thrown out of the gibong mm-hmm. and the, there's like the bouncer at the gibong and he like literally throws him out. But he does, you know, he's so nimble that he like does a, <laughs> a flip. He, like, does a somersault and, you know, lands on his feet. And, and then uh, <laughs> the guy throws him his bundle of belongings. And he's like, hey. Uh, and it's just, it's real funny. <laughs> you just have to see it. Um, and then there's the whole, you know, business with you got encountering them and he's just like dirty and naked and like everywhere he goes people keep being like whoo that guy stinks (laughs) there's a lot of a lot of that uh and then there's the at one point uh hosek is um you know sort of of lamenting his love for hey one he's like writing a poem for her and it's this popular song i mean i'm sure Susie knew it i knew enough to know that it was a popular song but i had to look up what it was that was hilarious when i realized what he was saying i was like yeah because even the first line i was like wait this sounds familiar this line and this is where why at the beginning of the movie when 
they were doing like here's the production companies that are like working on it or whatever like the first one of the first things is jyp pictures and i'm like jyp yeah <laughs> like all right jyp you know so <laughs> so when he recites this poem i'm like it's tell me by the wonder girls <laughs> yeah which was also a jyp group same as 2 p.m where lee jun ho belongs um right but i just i did laugh quite a bit <laughs> that just these all these different like self-insertions and like inside jokes kind of thing or like just i love that in certain yeah. things you know and this is like so like fully aware of like what they are doing and <laughs> just yeah hilarious hilarious yeah there's a lot of uh i mean like when he finally convinces the gibong owner to let him be the first male gisang um he's like well now we got to do marketing which you know i'm pretty sure that's not what they would have said like in the joseon era like let's do marketing um but there's a lot of a lot of stuff like that. I mean, it's very, you know, aware that it's a contemporary movie. So it was real, real funny. Um, and I laughed a lot until it wasn't funny anymore. Like, yeah, it's it's a I mean, it sort of felt abrupt. Yes. Like an abrupt tone change mm-hmm. for the last quarter or so yeah. of the movie, like about the last half hour. But then when I was thinking back on it, I feel like that was sort of the the point of view, like sort of the tone that the movie had mm-hmm. was meant to be kind of in the in the experience of Hosek, mm-hmm. right? Because he's very happy-go-lucky, mm-hmm. just sort of floating through life, doing what he wants to do. And then things happen that he's suddenly brought to awareness of all these things that were like on the periphery, periphery of his awareness right. the whole time, but he wasn't really paying attention to. So as a viewer it sort of felt like an abrupt change of tone. But at the same time, I felt like it worked. Mm -hmm. Like it was very surprising Mm -hmm. to me. I don't know. What did you think about that? That tone shift at the end? Yeah, I don't, I still can't make up my mind if I liked it or not. And maybe that's um, more of a product of, I, I don't super enjoy how it ended. Like Mm. I prefer a different kind of ending for things like this. But whatever, yeah. it wasn't a bad ending, and it's probably a more realistic ending, what it is. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that sort of taints that, because, like, from that point on, you know, it was like, it became quite melancholy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did shed some tears at the end because mm-hmm. of certain things. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know if I enjoyed that or thought it made sense or whatnot, but what you said definitely makes sense. Like, I didn't think about it in terms of that. And it reminded me, you know, they actually have inserted this premise from the beginning because we did see all these women in that training place where basically, Mm -hmm. you know, saying, sorry, you're going to be a widow forever and you're going to have to like, never have sex again basically <laughs> it's never like, have affection really like nothing. i mean you know no this love, is your life no, right you know right. no opportunities for any kind of companionship just this is your life right, right. like that actually was introduced very early on and yeah. so really it's not that surprising that this is sort of like the culmination of that and it's interesting that you said it's his point of view because he did say at some point how he didn't realize like what these women were experiencing was actual pain. And he just right. thought about it as I am profiting off of this. This is like good for my business that these women mm. are lonely and need to come here and have some fun kind of thing. But right. actually their pain is real. They're like suffering is real. And um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I really liked that point 
taken by him. Yeah. I mean, that's even how he and Heiwan encounter each other for the first time in the movie is outside. Like, Hosek is just, you know, I think it's after he's been kicked out and he's just sort of wandering around trying to figure out what he's going to do. And they're doing this, like, ceremony out front of the hall of virtuous women mm-hmm. um where i guess they're recognizing like certain of the the virtuous women um each of whom they're identifying by like their Husband. husband's family yeah. right um like it's it's an honor to the husband's family that this woman is in the the virtuous women's hall and, you know, and and Hosek is real disgusted by it and sort of rolls his eyes. But hey, Juan actually like says something out loud about like, you know, they're profiting off the women's pain or something, something to those. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what she says, but that's how his attention is drawn to her in the first place is because of this thing she says. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she realizes that somebody has heard her and sort of scuttles off. Because she's a, a highborn woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that that is what sort of brings them together. So she's aware of it mm-hmm. from the beginning. And he is like, sort of, but he's so in his own, like, you know, I mean, he's just a sort of lackadaisical ne'er-do-well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he doesn't. Just, and he's out for fun yeah he doesn't really have a lot of worries at that point you know um he's had a pretty easy life and i don't know probably have not really thought about these things too deeply even though there is something about his mom that he like sort of internalized and and it sort of happened like history repeated itself with another you know friend of his from the gibang and yeah. You know, but I don't think he's really, really thought about it that way until, like, these things happened for real. Right. Yeah. Well, and he he obviously realizes the sort of double standard, mm-hmm. right? And that it's it's not fair that men should get to do things and women should be able to do the same things that men get to do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he realizes that, but from a very... um or from a more sort of shallow Mm -hmm. place, Mm -hmm. right? Men get to have fun. Women should get to have fun too. Um, But like you were saying, he doesn't, he doesn't initially understand the consequences of, of that, the, you know, sort of larger implications of that. Um, So, I I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that there's, the whole thing has like a framing device where we first meet the older Hosek, who is a painter mm-hmm. and there's a, a young woman who's seeking him out. And so the whole narrative of the story unfolds basically as a flashback, as he's relating these events mm-hmm. to this young woman who's come as a, as a visitor to his painter's studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, you know, revisits their interview a couple of times throughout the, mm-hmm. throughout the narrative. But um, yeah, I mean, I thought it, you know, it did that thing that a lot of, I don't know that we've talked about it on, in any of the episodes that we've done, we've definitely talked about it in life, not on the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of historical dramas try to do to incorporate the contemporary themes to oh we did talk I'm sure we did talk about it in 100 Days My Prince um, you know to make it more interesting mm-hmm. for the viewers and also more palatable right. for the you know I mean if they portrayed life as it truly was in the Joseon era I don't think anybody would want to watch <laughs> like all these people that we understand as like horrible bigoted <laughs> biased people um but, you know, so this is sort of another example of that, of bringing in these ideas of 
um, of gender equality. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's also stuff about class difference, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's trying to, um, you know, hide from her the fact that he is lowborn and she wants to believe that he is a noble person like she, you know, she sort of presumes that that he is a noble like she is um, because he's well-spoken and that's the way he presents himself and he, and he doesn't want her to know what his real origins Mm -hmm. are. Um, But then there's the terrible Yusang (laughs) who wants to marry her and boy, did that escalate quickly. (laughs) Like, what (laughs) i mean i just you know i'm just like done with men who cannot take no as an answer i'm just like right why do you think this thing is gonna make her come to you right like it's like right okay if for justice sake or whatever you need to uncover somebody's lies or whatever fine but she is clearly not into you like She's, it's not going to make her be into you by you saying, hey, your current boyfriend is a, is a fraud or whatever. Like, it doesn't work that way. So I just, I can't with these men. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but he doesn't really, you know, I mean, I feel like he's such a jerk because he sort of pretends that he needs to get her that he needs to win her heart or whatever he needs to get her approval but when it comes right down to it he doesn't like he has her in a position because of financial reasons where she sort of has no option but to marry him you know i mean it's another example in the movie of the way that men control all of the things and even you can be a highborn woman and you still don't really have control over your own destiny. Yeah. And like another thing that really uh, aggravated me was, you know, he pretends like he didn't pretend, but he probably generally thought that, he has been waiting a long time to marry her. So it is right. time because I had to wait so long for this when right. she had no idea that he was waiting right. for her and she does not reciprocate right. this. Like, I don't. Yes. The men, please stop having like privilege over things that you are not. They're not due to you. You know, you can't feel entitled for something that doesn't belong to you. I just, I don't understand this mindset. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, and so she's coerced, basically. She's like, I, that is falling apart. So, because she would marry Hosek because she was like, I don't care. But he lied. Right. And he kept on lying and he did not say the things she wanted him to say to her and so she felt like that was a no-go so she's gonna just go over here and take the next best thing because that's the only thing she can do i mean yeah well also he was in a lot of trouble but i mean he was but because of things that happened Mm. well i will say as far as the ending um and this is i mean i don't know how to say this without like basically spoiler spoiling the ending so if you really don't want to know the ending just fast forward over this uh listen listen for the next time when the music comes up i'll be all talk all done talking about this <laughs> um you know in the the ending to me felt very non American mm-hmm. um, because I feel like American movies a happy ending is 
like you got you get what you wanted Mm -hmm. right you get the thing Mm -hmm. you get the treasure that's a happy ending and the happy ending of this to me was you can have a beautiful experience in your life and it's not forever necessarily. It's not happily ever after, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful memory that you have. Mm-hmm. And so that is in itself happy. Like that was that was the ending mm-hmm. to me. Not that it wasn't happily ever after in that like they get to be together and be happy forever but they both get to have this happy memory and still have their feelings for one another and there is sort of happiness and satisfaction in that Mm -hmm. and sort of I guess a sort of um acceptance of the bittersweetness of that Mm -hmm. for the ending rather than having to go for the full-on like happily ever after felt very like a not not a, an american movie mm-hmm. to me because i feel mm-hmm. like in the american movie they would have gotten them together in the mm-hmm. end yeah yeah and i'm probably just brainwashed by american movies but <laughs> i sure wanted them to at least meet you know and it could that could be the end like hi hi it's been a while the end yeah. You know, and you can just sort yeah. of imagine maybe they just, maybe that's it. You know, that's the only time they meet each other again. Maybe they periodically see each other again. So anyway, so I would have preferred something closer to a happy ending than, yeah. well, we had, though you're right. You know, that's like, I don't know. Like I said before, that's probably a more realistic thing. And to the theme of it's not like they can be together. I mean, it's like, right. you know, and she mentioned that she's dying. I don't know if that means she has an illness or what, or she's just referring to she's old now. Um, right. You know. I mean, you're not that old, Leah. Well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're younger than I am. So. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I would prefer yeah. something else, but I like I said, it's not a bad ending, and it's probably a more yeah. thematically realistic ending that you know. I mean, they did see each other. They did see each other, and he did give her the yeah. painting, I mean, which means she knows that he loves her because yeah. she—that's yeah. a thing that was probably question marked to her for many, many years because of yeah what he said and did yeah i mean i agree my american heart also wanted Mm -hmm. them to you know get together but i think that there is something very poignant and touching in the way that they chose to end it Mm -hmm. it's not the way i would have chosen if i were the filmmaker but i thought it was very fitting Mm -hmm. given the rest of you know Mm -hmm. the rest of everything yeah so how did you feel about Home Fatale overall? Overall, good. I really enjoyed it. You know, there's many, many great moments in it. I enjoyed everyone's performance in it. You know, um, thought it was a good story. It was a fun story. It was, um, yeah, you know, touching on social issues. I mean, (laughs) all the like self-awareness is really fun if you're a JYP fan, especially. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a very accessible, it's very, you know, familiar. Um, mm. And it's not very heavy, you know, it's, it's got as some heavy moments, but I feel like it's, it's a good snack. It's a good snack mm. of a movie. And if you have, you know, an hour and 50 to burn and you want something sort of fun but with some feels to watch you know i think this will this will hit the spot so i would recommend yeah i would recommend especially if you want to see some juno shenanigans oh yes if you're a juno fan absolutely for sure you probably have already seen it if you're a juno fan i was gonna say there's <laughs> no way you haven't watched this if you're yeah. specifically a juno fan yeah, but he's um, wonderful i agree i i mean i really enjoyed it a lot and uh 
Like, I would for sure recommend it. I would, with the caveat that it's not a laugh riot all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Decidedly not a laugh riot mm-hmm. in the last quarter. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I thought very, very enjoyable. For sure would recommend it. I mean, I did feel a little bit like Jung So Min's character was... You know, I mean, I guess I'm I'm so used to sort of the drama format now where mm-hmm. they have a long period to flesh out the characters mm-hmm. and her character was not really that well yeah. fleshed out. Yeah. Um, but also it wasn't really her story, mm-hmm. you know, when you mm-hmm. only have two hours, like if it, it's pretty much his story and like yeah. she's in it and she has some stuff to do and she has some story, but um you know, it's not it's not the most well-rounded character. Um, so that was a little bit of a disappointment. But then, you know, you only have two hours. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. I would still definitely recommend Home Fatale. Now, here's a segment I would like us to introduce for our movie night Mm. let's talk about snacks let's talk about snacks (laughs) oh man you do not have to ask me twice (laughs) so we can either do I thought one snack recommendation each from us or we can talk about if you had a snack during this movie what was it oh I did not have a snack during Mm -hmm. the movie I did have a snack and uh, I believe I had a bit of Trader Joe's Cacio e Pepe snacks. <laughs> they're crunchy things. They're like oh, so they're like cheese puffs, but Cacio right, with Cacio e Pepe flavor. They're very peppery. Right. I would say if you don't like pepper, mm-hmm. this is not for you. But overall, it's it's quite. A delight, you know. I can't eat a whole lot of it at the same, you know, at, in one sitting, yeah, because it does get a little like yeah. super peppery. But it's mm-hmm. a nice cheesy flavor with some pepper. So mm-hmm. check it out if you're you're a fan of pepper. Okay, I mean that sounds very intriguing. I don't know that I can do the kakio part. That's the <laughs> only problem with my dietary yeah. restrictions, but. Um, but that does sound delicious. Well, uh, I did not have a snack when I was watching Um Fatal. Um, but I will say, uh, something that I have been enjoying the last few of recently I'm going to have to go back to H Mart and get some more of because I'm almost out of our Maloney sandwich crackers. They're like the, they're like, well, they're kind of like Ritz crackers, Mm -hmm. except the filling uh, or like an Oreo made with Ritz crackers, except not as like salty as Ritz crackers. And then the filling is like melon flavored Mm -hmm. filling and it's green like honeydew melon green colored um and i don't know what their country of origin is but you can get them at h mart i think you can probably also get them at latte market and they come individually packaged in a big box and they're maloney and i just you know they're like a little a little fruity and a little salty and I enjoy the Maloney's very much. So if we're going to watch Home Fatale again, I might have some little Maloney's. <laughs> I will endorse a, a fave. Endorse that recommendation. I I have like one packet of Maloney's left in my little hodgepodge snack box. So I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, there's only one left. I guess I'll also need to replenish soon, but... <laughs> But, like, the whole tote of snacks is still full. So, really, calm down. Calm down, Susie. Like, what? There's so many snacks 
left to eat. I mean, we could do an entire episode just like doing a deep dive into Susie's <laughs> Beno snacks. <laughs> like literally deep just dive. Go like, in. Go off the diving board. Yeah. You will find some. Like do a little dog paddle. You will find some matcha Kit Kats from like maybe five years ago that are still there. Oh. <laughs> Well, and for a while, there were like four or five different flavors of mm-hmm. Kit Kats in there. I was going real crazy on buying every Kit Kat flavor yeah. that they had. They had some good ones, H-Mart too. for a yeah. while. So, yeah, it's true. Some strange ones, but some really, really good ones. Uh, what a delightful new segment. <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> it's but I forgot about it. <laughs> So now we've talked about our movie, but it's still an episode. So now it's time for me to ask Susie anything. Um, and one of the things that was very, very delightful in How Are You Bread was all the baked goods. <laughs> that was the only thing that every time they were coming up, I was like, oh, Susie would like this. Because I know that Susie enjoys the delicious foods in the K-dramas. <laughs> and so here is my question for you. And it might be too hard. <laughs> but when you think of K-drama food scenes, what jumps into your mind as a scene with great food I mean, in K-drama. Any Ramyun scene, obviously. I mean, <laughs> it never fails to make me want to eat some. Every time it's on. Yeah. But whenever people like say, we're going to have breakfast and they have like a million banchans on their table, I'm just like, what a glorious, glorious way to eat. Like, I endorse this, just like having these little things to cleanse your palate or add to your like main foods or whatever. Even the very simple ones, if you're, you know, somebody in, um, who's not like well to do and has so many banchans, but it's like this sometimes you see these little portable tables, you know, that they like would bring into the room because they don't really have a dining room. And mm. eat oh, right. together, yeah, yeah. and there's just like maybe three or four things on the table, and then a little soup, and then a rice. And I just, uh, it just looks so delicious, but also like makes sense nutrition wise. You know, it just feels like you have mm. some vegetables, you have some meat, you have some soup. I just love how they always incorporate soup in their meals, like, there's always some yeah. kind of soup going on. And it just, I don't know, it just looks like the ideal kind of thing. But also, it makes me think how hard these, let's face it, women work Mm -hmm. to, like, provide these things. Sure, some people might buy their banchans, but most people make their banchans at home. So, I just feel like that's, like, so much work and probably doing it at least once a week. You know, not to mention if you're making your own kimchi or whatnot. Oh, my goodness. That's mm-hmm. so, so much work to provide. In K-dramas, nobody buys their banchans. They all no. came from somebody's <laughs> omni who's, like, dr- you know, delivering them in a little wrapped up package. Yeah. Like, here, my mother sent me with these yeah, banchans for you. all the time. Every time. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. So... That's what I think about. I mean, I always think about ramen one, but yeah, but just like home meals that people have, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. just looks so attractive to me. When eating together is a really big, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's another thing that I sort of wonder how much that is really reflective of real life of contemporary Koreans versus some idealized version Mm -hmm. that's portrayed in dramas. Um, But it is something that you see. I mean, I want to say in almost every drama, there'll be scenes of people eating together and not necessarily, you know, families eating together, obviously, but 
uh, co-workers eating and drinking together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it just feels as an outsider who knows most of what I know about Korean <laughs> culture from watching dramas. You know, it feels like that's a real hallmark of the culture is the sort of eating together and the sharing of, like you were saying, these like really nutritive foods to a large extent, like not Mm -hmm. just, you know, not just things that are um, easy and taste good, but things that that somebody really invested time and effort in and are really nourishing for your your body and the experience is sort of nourishing for the community as Mm -hmm. well yeah yeah so if you know more than i know which i mean that's a low bar (laughs) (laughs) we want to know or at least i I won't speak for susie i want to know is that just an idealized thing that korean drama makers make up Or do real-life Koreans in 2022, 2023 really eat together that that much? I would like to think Mm -hmm. yes. Is that that true? But I want to know. So come come find us and tell us. Where can they find us? (laughs) Come find us on Instagram at unis on opas pod and hit us up with what it, you know answer lynn's inquiries tell her people yes. what she wants to know tell us what is your favorite snack give us a snack recommendation <laughs> oh <laughs> snack wrecking oh, you know have that. you seen home fatale tell us what you think and give yeah. us recommendations what, what do you think about that yeah movie? give us some recommendations what recent movies korean movies you would like us to check out you know i'm much more of a drama person and i don't always think about movies so i would like to have a list where people tell me what to watch so yeah but we i mean our whole you know raison d'etre is actors and actresses Mm -hmm. i mean that's our main focus on this Mm -hmm. show and those people are not just in dramas they're also in Mm -hmm. movies so makes sense that we're gonna rope in a movie once in a while so let us know what your movie recommendations are and who your favorite leading actresses and support actresses and support actors and leading actors are tell us all those things because you know we love them all but we most especially finger hearts <laughs> love the opas <laughs> i'm making a hand heart on the video right now <laughs> we love the opas because like kim sun young said in reply 1988 the handsome ones are all called opa So let us know who your handsome opas are and we'll see you next time. Annyeong!